Hello everyone and welcome to your uncle's beach house episode 32. I'm Jackson. I'm joined by M as usual. Anime time. Wait, not even anime time. Shit. Anime, anime time. It is manga time because we are joined by Rick. Hello. Rick, hello. Welcome back. It's time once again uh, to talk about Phoenix. To finish it. Yeah, we finished it. We've read all of Phoenix. All seven million pages. It was it was a lot of pages. <laughs> I guess it's what the longest one. Um, I just mean between it all. There's a lot. He Tezuka worked a lot in his years, and then died for it. So Some would died. say too much. Some would indeed say too much. Uh, because yeah, uh, but no. Today we read uh, volumes nine through twelve, uh, which are uh, the first volume is uh, Strange Being slash Life, uh, then uh, then like. Um, 10 and 11 are uh, both parts 1 and 2 of a volume called Sun. And uh, finally, volume 12 is uh, the early works. It's a collection of uh, some like comics from the 50s that aren't really like part of the saga, uh, but are like the early ideas and versions of the stuff in Phoenix. Uh, yeah, this is part 3. If you haven't listened to the other ones, part 3 of our coverage of uh, Tezuka's Phoenix mangas. The, his like life's work, while also making a million other things, because, you know, that's how Tezuka did. Um remained unfinished arguably at the point of uh you know his death uh he was still working on more and we'll get into it we've 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 read all there is to read of phoenix and uh we'll that's actually technically not true we've read most of what there is to read of phoenix i'm sure there's yeah. other little bits they didn't put in the uh last volume not translated stuff or like stuff yeah. he scrapped and threw out uh, uh realize it at the start, I was like, oh, what's this a massive untranslated work? But realizing as we finished it, this is a far looser, uh, like it's I, you know, it's a single work, I guess, in that they're all connected. But it's far looser. I wouldn't describe it as like completely unfinished in the way that some some do. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's just the idea he returned to over and over again. Um, but where do you want to start uh, with these volumes? Uh. I don't I have a preference. I guess we should start, we start with, vol- in order. with volume 9. Yeah. I um, actually would like to start with early works. Sure. Okay. Because I feel like there's not going to be a lot to say. Because uh, they're a big, fat nothing. They're not very good. Um, um, the thing the thing about... Th- so these were made in the 50s. And it was... In the, in the afterward, it, it talks about... Like, these were written after Princess Night, right? Yes. And so they're... They com- Oh, it's a, it's actually kind of weird. So in the earlier fifties, he did a version of the first like three or four of these stories, mm-hmm. only as a shonen story in a shonen magazine that then went bankrupt. So then he's like, okay, what if I take that, put it into a shojo magazine, and then make it more like romantic and for young girls? Mm-hmm. And then you get these. Okay. Yeah, uh, and so it comes out of the, the shoujo style, and it, it is definitely, like, the way the phoenix is depicted in these, because this is just a story about these two characters that are, like, bound together by fate, um, that just exist in three eras, like, uh, Egypt, Greece, and Rome, and they just keep resurrecting, and then the phoenix is also around there, uh, but specifically, it's it's the it's the child of the original phoenix that dies in the first part of this, that then grows up and re-encounters these humans, and they reincarnate over and over again. And the phoenix is basically drawn as a princess knight character. It's really strange <laughs> to see phoenix being like a, a dashing shoujo, like you know, like androgynously adventurous character. This is not how the phoenix is in any other volume. Uh, yes, no. The how uh, the whole frame of everything is very different mm-hmm. uh, because, like, not only is uh, like the style slightly different because of the time and the publication. But also, like, these are the same characters in a way that the resurrections in the uh, later volumes become more nebulous. The uh, Phoenix's betrayal changes from volume to volume. Mm-hmm. Like he, be- he just lets himself become more vague with the idea of, like, what the concept is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not, like, a rigid single story with, like, hard connections, which is what this is doing. Like, you know, they die at one period and then they resurrect later and they've forgotten their memories. And they are the, they are the same people in a way that uh, it is more... Uh, nebulous as to how the people are connected in the future volumes. The back matter for this makes it very clear. This is just a bunch of movies he saw that he wanted to make into comics also. <laughs> yes. 
so it's it's very much the the Helen of Troy story, mm-hmm. which is very funny and how it goes. Yeah, uh, and also like I recently watched Cleopatra, so the way in which Egypt is depicted here versus like revisiting that idea twenty years later in a in a much weirder movie uh, is interesting to me. But the thing about these these that really surprised me is how much they feel like Carl Barks like Donald Duck comics to me. Like mm-hmm. they're just they're just incredibly dense, like co- like Western comics drawing in a way that Tezuka doesn't do in the other volumes really. Yeah, the thing for me, especially when like looking at like these comics after having read, because you know I read them in the their order in in the order we have, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I've just come off Sun, which is like lavish, massive, like expansive in a way that nothing else in this uh, series is mm-hmm. and then going immediately back to like okay, there's no splash pages everything has to be like quick uh like oh, there's a lot of story per page um yeah as the like you know because in sun like you know it's at some point it's basically uh almost a single plot beat per, per page right like yeah and it's um, like a silent comic for huge stretches characters yes. just doing stuff and that's like some of the most iconic shit in Phoenix that we've read has all been these like beautiful, inc- expansive spa- splash pages, uh, and there's none of that here because it's you know he's not that I mean, huge. It's yet. also just the density. Like this is what I expect out of like comics of the era in which it was made, right? Like yeah. it's just it's just a different time. Um, mm-hmm. You go back, you go back to like Golden Age comics, and it's like it takes me an hour to read this because every page is just full <laughs> of dialogue and like every panel has something going on in it and. <laughs> Yep. No, yes, this is definitely, like, you look at the way that comics have changed. Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, is that it is very much, uh, like, a Talking Animals comic for a large part of it. Yes. Which would add to that Disney Carl Bars kind of thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 is it a fox, a turtle, and a rabbit? Yeah, the phoenix literally just hangs out with Disney animals. <laughs> Who are introduced stealing from a bunch of other animals. It's, yes. really, it's actually a good, really good job. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this this like m- more human version of the phoenix is really interesting because it's so different to how we see that character in every other piece of this fiction. Um, the other thing that's very different is how the very very opening of it, which is the phoenix in heaven, mm-hmm. getting uh, getting one over on God and breaking free. Yes, which I believe is I haven't read Princess Knight, but I believe that opens very much this in like a similar way. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The the one part I really really like though is the this it does have uh, chapter pages, not splash pages, and yes. those are all gorgeous. Yeah. The logo is really good too on those pages. Mm-hmm. They just really show nice like big open scenes. Yeah. Relate that you in. Yes. Mm-hmm. but it, yeah it definitely took me like you know almost as long to read as the sun volume which is half the length uh-huh when i go back to the i don't, don't usually read this one because of that part it's mm-hmm. just like it's so dense even though it doesn't feel like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. also because they're retelling like you know like the helen troy story like the riff on this is fun but like i know that story it's not it's just not inherently interesting in the same way to me mm-hmm Um, oh, there's a, one. The one other detail in the back is actually um, uh, he mentions that he had trouble because he was working on so many other things at the same time, mm-hmm. even in the fifties. <laughs> yes, oh, right. To yes. draw all of it, so um, Leji Matsumoto is doing work in this book because he needed someone to help him draw the battle scenes. Yes, but Leji Matsumoto is just a high school student, just like an assistant yeah. <laughs> that he got to help draw him and stuff. Yes. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the real Phoenix. <laughs> Real connections being made here. It's it's interesting because there's um there's a shot of like the Helen and Troy stuff where they have like all the ships sailing, and you compare it to was it the first volume of Phoenix that opens with ships sailing and how different those two things feel? Yeah. Um, because those that that's like the intro, like that was my introduction to Tesco. I'm like, holy shit, this is like the m- most well illustrated thing I've ever seen. And in this, it's like two panels that are nice, but like not that like they're nothing to write home about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, like definitely having these go the way they do with like going right back to the fifties after the like mid to late eighties comic, um, is like, oh, you can really see mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy fucking did this and nothing but this for thirty, forty years. I don't actually know how long he was professionally working, mm-hmm. um, because but he wasn't that old when he died. 
No. Uh, no. Uh, there, there's a to to go back to like other network podcasts. There's a good photo of him with Tomino that goes around a lot mm-hmm. from like '83, and that's only like six years before he passes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like the the volume like Sun we're gonna talk about is the year before he dies. Mm-hmm. Yes. That it finishes publishing. He finishes that in '88. Yeah. Also, that's the other thing about this coming off of Sun is that uh, not to get ahead of ourselves, but Sun is way more violent a lot of ways than the other volumes seem to be. Mm-hmm. And then coming back to this from the '50s and also in like shoujo magazines, it's a it's really stark difference. Uh, yeah, there's that bit where um, she like dies getting uh, trod on by the. Uh trojan horse and it's just like kind of a you know it's just like a bit of a slapstick like uh, uh, after all the gruesome deaths in sun yeah uh but do we have anything more for uh early works i don't think so no i don't think so i I kind of expected it to be like a anytime you go back to someone's like oh this is their like unpublished early it's it's always a bummer i was surprised it was less (laughs) of a bummer than i was expecting but it's still a little bit of a bummer (laughs) I guess it is kind of cool in that, like, Tezuka's, one of the things he's famous for is, like, always, like, not, never not trying a style. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, a, one of the examples of him trying into that shoujo style. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so, volume nine, uh, Life and Strange Beings. Uh, so, when I grabbed this from my very legal uh, manga download site, in which I grabbed my manga to read, uh, I grabbed the one listed Japanese order, just to see if it was any different. Um, mine puts Strange Beings first, then Life. Is that opposite? That's the same here. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, that's the yeah, same here. Uh, it, it, that is backwards to publication order, but that okay. is how it is uh how it's collected then i wonder why there were two files because the one i was like i'm just gonna grab the one that says japanese order and if that's different to what rick has because rick i know is reading the print versions which no one can get a hold of <laughs> look i was buying no, comics i'm in not blaming 2000s. you i'm blaming manga publishing <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> original jp printing order i'm i found the thing that you would have looked at and i don't yes. know what the difference is and i grabbed that one because i was like i'll be the person who grabs that one <laughs> Um, anyway, but, yeah. um, so uh, I guess I'll do Strange Beings first. Strange Beings is uh, about a uh, it's about a uh, nun who like heals people who like lives in seclusion, and a samurai who comes and like cuts her down uh, because the samurai does not want uh, her father. The samurai is a woman who's like raised up as a man who doesn't want her father cured because her father's like a tyrant or whatever. But in cutting her down, gets trapped in a weird nebulous space time where she uh, is stuck at the nun's convent. And it turns out that she is the nun caught in a time loop for her crime of cutting down the nun um, and learns to make peace with this as she heals all of the monsters and people who show up at her convent over 30 years until uh the time comes where past her shows up and cuts her down and continues the time loop uh it's kind of that's kind of the plot um yeah uh i i kind of like this one um like mid on it uh i think it's a bit long for what it is um because this is like it's half the book right life is longer um but this is very like short story concept to me I mean, um, it, it basically is. It's like 120 pages compared to everything else, right? Yeah, but it still feels like it, you know, it really goes through all the stuff. I'm like, yeah, no, she's going to... Like halfway through, and I'm like, this is going to end with her killing herself, isn't it? And then, yeah, sure enough, it does. Loop is completed. <laughs> uh, and, there are some uh, bits that go over a lot. Like, in the early bits when she gets trapped, they're, like, running through the woods trying to get out. Mm-hmm. And they repeat that joke, like, four times in, like, four pages. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, this is, I actually ended up really liking this one. I think this might be my favorite thing of what we read today. Huh? Uh, I just, it's just like a nice little time loop short story. It's just, it just hits right in my like predilections for kind of fiction. I like, um, it, it's like kind of sad, but not too sad and like, re- like reflective and, uh, you know, can't escape your fate and that's it. That's what, that's what you get. <laughs> you also get the weird, bu- like side plot of the like origin of like famous Japanese illustration <laughs> because Tezuka <laughs> oh, cannot, yeah. <laughs> cannot not be on one at all times. <laughs> Yes, because she has like a um, servant, like 
you know, I don't know what the exact word is, but basically her second, right, who's like always, you know, always living his life to serve her. Uh, and at the end, she's like, you have to go away now so that because, you know, you're not this book didn't begin with you being like, holy shit, that's me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so you have to go leave. We, this is the one day where you can leave the island. Uh, I must meet my fate, but you can go off and uh, it's a uh, Easter egg for <laughs> Japanese uh, illustration. I'm like, yeah, you go, Tezuka. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, the thing I like about this is just the, the long stretch and where like, she's like, okay, I guess I'll just heal people and wait for a chance to escape. Uh, and it, and it's like refugees and then it's like an odd demon. And then it's just like a, like a world of yokai over the 30 years that she just gets acclimated to this, like almost like spirit away style, uh, adventure through the other world until she has to go back and deal with these like stupid humans 30 years later on the, you know, that starts the events, this plot in motion. Um, and the way in which it feels really petty feels like at the heart of what all of Phoenix is about, like the ways in which the scope makes human drama feel uh, like fundamentally insignificant. Uh, I think it does it really well here in like 120 pages, which, uh, you know, it's good. So the, the thing I really like about this, too, is that it goes beyond just being the yokai. Mm. Like there are just space aliens in some of yes. these pictures. Yes. There's like a guy in stormtrooper armor in one of them. <laughs> mm hmm. And, like, that's really, like, this volume, volume nine, is very, like, it's very pulp and very, like, uh, like eerie or creepy, like, old horror mags, mm -hmm. kind of. Like, it's, like, two short, shorter stories that just, they get in, they do, they show you what they want, and then they get out, and then they tie it all up. Mm -hmm. And they're both really good for that. Yeah, um... And then we have Life, who is about a TV producer who decided he's they're doing like a, a dangerous uh, game style TV reality television show where uh, they take cloned like animals that are rare on this future Earth and they hunt them down for sport on television. Um, but the ratings are flagging because everyone's tired of seeing people hunt animals. They're like, what if we could clone humans and we could just make that happen uh, and put that on television? Wouldn't people fucking love it? And uh, they go to the cloning place. Uh, it turns out that they're not willing to clone humans because it's always a mess um uh the cloning place also is like th the incas had like who still exist fled into the andes they're the only people who understand how cloning technology works uh yep <laughs> a lot going on here yeah um, but, uh, one person offers to take, uh, him to see, uh, someone who she says could help and figure out the secret of cloning. He could take it with him. It turns out that it's like a, a Phoenix human hybrid, like who was born when one of the like ancient Incans, like, you know, Mary the Phoenix had this bird child and this bird child lives up in the, you know, up in the temple and understands this, uh, technology and gives it to the guy but only through like phoenix punishment by cloning him a bunch and sending all his clones back uh, obviously they all get sent and put into the game um one of them escapes manages to escape the police and finds an orphan child um and runs away with her and raises his daughter and then uh go goes back years later to society uh and finds out the games are still going and um you know, uh, sacrifices himself to blow up all the clones and secure a future for his his daughter. It's kind of it's kind of the plot. It's kind of the plot, yeah. Um, I really didn't like this one. I thought it was okay. I didn't love it. Yeah, this one's weird. It's like there's a lot going on. Yes. Uh, like, so, like the, the the thing with the, the, a lot of these books, right, is that they deal with. Um, usually like shifting like morality as through some like grand uh societal arc right mm -hmm. and i think it often works better in the historical ones because there's like historical groups and like reality to pull from and then when he has to invent them it becomes uh sometimes you get stuff like uh, the the stuff in space that i think is amazing and uh ridiculous and funny and like just like just big brained uh but sometimes you get stuff like this where it's like what if the guy who wants to kill all the human clones on television became the human clones on television and then he decided that was bad for like 250 pages and i'm like, like 120 pages <laughs> it's it's no this whole this whole volume is 400 pages and this is like this is longer no. than the other one this volume's like 250 
This volume's it's like 130 pages. pages. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Okay. This volume yes. total, yeah, this volume total is like 250. I thought this was still went into the 300s. No. Nope. Uh, uh, I just thought it was longer than it was. I, I didn't like this one at all. Um, I just thought that like it was very pat and the morality was very boring. Like, yes, I understand that murdering thousands of human clones, it just becomes cartoonish at a point. Uh, the thing is, is that I fucking love pulpy like genre fiction. Like, this is just like a, go- like a sci-fi version of Tales from the Crypt for me. So I dug it. Uh, it's not like my favorite. I don't, I don't get saying a whole lot and I think it goes on too long and I don't like the bit where he, where by default they include the scenery. He's like, I've been living in the woods with my daughter forever and now I, I have the hots for her. Uh, and yeah, the, the, the manga quickly moves away from it, but I'm like, why did you even need that? But it does have an old grandma who's all robot except for a brain, like dying because bugs infest her chassis. Like she's a PS4. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and that the bug crawled good. in while she was eating. Yes, and that's not nothing. <laughs> that is not nothing. That's that's fair. Um, but yes, no, because I, I yep the bit where it got to him being in the woods and be like, oh, can my daughter love me? And then he like punches her because she's like no, and then he's like, oh, how can I do that? I love her, and I'm like, oh, please stop this, Tezuka. There is a bit where he dreams of being shot as he's like after he's like in the woods, where it's just a full pla- like splash grade. Sp- splash page of him being like blown up into various ways that is like full-on like gore horror manga i i eat that shit up i love it that's fair there's a bit early on too where uh right at the start where he's talking to his current girlfriend before he drops her into a pit to keep her on ice for 50 years (laughs) yes he he gets milk from a prop from uh, clockwork orange yes like so you know what you're getting into like from like page three of this yes (laughs) she's gonna wake up and be like what happened because <laughs> he doesn't get to those to the 50 years later she's still on ice presumably yeah. also i do really like his plan at the end the fake arm bomb oh it's very silly it's very silly <laughs> uh i do i do like the, it like before he shaves his beard and you know goes back to the thing where he's just like joel last of us like bearded dad character <laughs> yes uh, it's very silly. This man is a video game protagonist through and through. And there's Extremely. that there's that one panel when he goes back where his boss is like, oh yeah, we're gonna do battle royales next year. Yes. <laughs> right, yeah, because uh, in the in the time since he's been gone, they've like been able to move the cloning technology to Japan. Yep. They no longer need all the like secret mystical technology, and uh, he's like, God damn it, everything's got so much worse. I need to blow it all up. Yep. But no, it's it's just it's just weird enough to be uh, fun. Like I I think it's pretty insignificant, but I had a good time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I just uh, I just it's like the it least a... of the things we read today. But you know, what are you gonna do? Uh, yeah, after these two, I was like, oh, I just like in a bad mood for this. But I just not click. I remember really liking some of these uh, fake stuff, and then I thought these two were both like I, I liked um you know I liked Strange Beings more, mm-hmm. but I thought these were like mostly kind of uh, um you know, pat short stories, but with like a scale they didn't uh, necessarily deserve. All right. Because that's the way that Phoenix operates. And then we come to Sun. Tell us about Sun, Jackson. Oh, God damn it. Have I got to summarize this one? Yeah. Since you like it so much. Also, it's 700 pages long. <laughs> uh-huh. um, so Sun is about uh, a uh, Korean soldier uh, who... It- in a battle um is uh uh his head is replaced with the head of a wolf um and uh he um must escape like uh all the soldiers attacking him he goes back to japan uh becomes a feudal lord and is caught in the middle of a war um the where uh uh, this is the the Jinshin War. It says on Wikipedia. I'm, I do not know enough about uh, the, this era of Japanese history, especially. Uh, but specifically in the, in the manga, the war is about uh, a religious war trying to establish Buddhism as the dominant uh, religious um, hegemony of uh, Japan, and uh, he is standing against that because uh, he has a connection with the spirit world because he's, he's met the spirit gods uh, who can all take the form of animals and he's close to them because he's got his animal head. Uh, he like is like, I will not allow Buddhism to wipe out the like natural patron gods of this region and I will stand against them. Uh, meanwhile, he keeps falling asleep and having dreams of being in the future where he's like a weird assassin guy. Um, 
and doesn't understand what's going on with that. Uh, but what's going on with that is that in the future, uh, the light and the, there are the light people and the shadow people, and the light people believe uh, in the god of the light, which we discover is like the Phoenix Tale. And there's a religion built around that, and the shadow people don't believe, and they have been forced to live underground, never seeing the light, uh, and are trying to stage a revolution. And uh, these two uh, people are connected, and as their two wars continue, um, uh, they uh, eventually like converge by way of like the wolf head. Like in the future, uh, he gets captured and be- is forced to wear a wolf mask uh, as like. This, uh, which is constantly playing propaganda as like an ideological brainwashing tool, um, eventually escapes from that. And uh, in in the in the past, uh, he's he's like burned, and his wolf head burns away, and his human face is overturned. But at that exact moment, it cuts to the future, and uh, he turn he transforms to a wolf. Then, and this has happened because throughout the story, he uh, has been like uh, involved at a distance with the daughter of the spirit people uh, who is to marry him but because of the danger of the war they can't really uh, communicate openly um but when he his face uh, is burnt off um he no longer has his connection with the spirit world uh but it uh travels into the future and he is reincarnated uh with um with this lady in the future and they head off at the end as the cycle continues uh the shadow people win and the guy in charge immediately establishes a new evil religion called eternalism uh and such is the human the like the pettiness of human conflicts against all of this throughout history as uh the two protagonists like head off to the like following the phoenix to the spirit world to meet their like eternity together the end I cut out a lot because it's 700 pages long. But that is basically what happens. It's 700 pages long! (laughs) Yes, it is. It's 700 pages long, but it's really good. I think this is too long. (laughs) It might be too long, but it's just good. I don't know. Like, being very explicitly about... Like, I like the past stuff better. Mm. Uh, Once again, I think that, like when he has to like invent a conflict it becomes slightly less interesting and more like flattened right because the light people versus the dark people but then the dark people establish their religion and it's also bad the the, the one the one thing i really like about the future stuff is like he's like part of like you know uh phoenix avalanche where he's like in the underground ready to do ill shit yes his sister just like married a guy who's part of the church and so she lives in like this nice like upscale suburban house and just has like a you know a nice life like her 80s like uh you know uh socialite life and he just comes and hangs out he hides in her house every once in a while like they have this tense but clearly like still their relationship uh the way in which that just like exists in the middle of this very dramatic like people of darkness people of light framework is really good and crunchy to me um i like that part a lot yeah that was pretty good um but i especially love the like portrayal of the understanding of like how or like a battle of like religious uh supremacy works in the past stuff like buddhism as this invading force that is attempting to set up a hegemony for like political purposes of uniting the people of japan um in a way that is like true right like that's what happened (laughs) there's Um, a part that we should probably mention that um when we say buddhist forces taking over the land it's also that they are just showing up as gods to shoot people with lightning yes yes like it it takes the like real part of you know history which is that uh, various national forces are using religion in order to like further their imperial goals um and that's just true but like portrays it through like the spiritual battles as these gods like descend from their own heavens and fight with each other mm-hmm. uh i just found that like super expressive and good i loved all that shit i ate it up uh, yeah, the thing I like about that is, like, uh, we go back to Ho'o, which is probably my favorite volume of Phoenix still. Yes. Uh, and Ho'o is so invested in the idea of, like, Buddhist myth being real, but in, like, a very remote way. Like, it's it's a it's a work of faith, right? Like, it's fundamentally yes. about these characters being transformed through their belief system. Um, and this book is about the ways in which those belief systems are just tools, can be, are, and off, like, are actually tools of statehood to be used against people. Um, but 
it doesn't do that by saying they're fake. It does it by saying they're real. It's they're just all like, real. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're real. actually they're actually like animal spirits of like Shinto living in the woods, and the the Buddhist lightning throwers are coming from the skies to run them off the land. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, I love all that it's, shit. It's really good in that it 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 like refocuses like the magical parts of that, but only in service to the material reality of like the historical moment. And I think that stuff is incredibly good and is the kind of thing you only make after you've been making this kind of manga for decades. Yes. No. Yeah. Like that was the stuff that I immediately like, you know, came to and ate up and was like, damn, maybe no, I still like, I still like Phoenix a lot. <laughs> uh, Cause uh, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't mind the length. Like, you know, it is 700 pages long and it does go on a while, but it's a, it's a quick 700 pages. Uh, like there's a lot of splash pages here. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't like, you know, it's not very dense because it, he's, he makes it over the course of two years, right? He can make as many fucking splash pages as he wants. Uh, He can. Yeah. The thing for me is I just think Inagami's like not a particularly interesting protagonist. He's very reactionary Hmm. in the world he finds himself in. That's kind of why I liked him, because, like, so many of the protagonists of these stories, right, are the opposite, in the, they're not reactionary, but they all suck. <laughs> um, and, like, they've all got goals, and they chase these goals kind of single-mindedly, uh, and it blows up in everyone's faces. And in uh, in Agami, we kind of have, like, a more traditional... Um, you know, like, good guy type protagonist, right? Like, he wants to do what is right, protect people, but only insofar as, like, ensuring the status quo remains and everyone can be safe. He has no vision mm-hmm. beyond this. Um, and I, I just like the way that character is put into, like, a Phoenix story and it goes as badly as you would expect constantly for him. Mm-hmm. It's also maybe the most, like, naive main character. Yes, easily. Like, he asked to go see the Emperor multiple times, assuming that it will go well for him. Just fucking put a, you know, Lou Bay ass wolf head guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, the actual thing that I think is uh, funny about th- this is, this is like, it's mostly like pretty cartoony, this book, especially the past stuff where, you know, all of the characters of uh, Tezuka's work just show up and are around. And there's a bunch of, like, you know, there's a bunch of, uh, like a wolf tribe people and Inigami himself is like a wolf man. Um, but then uh, anytime Prince Awama shows up and he's just like a uh, Bishonen guy, he's so funny to me. <laughs> he is extremely Bishonen guy. There's, there's a bit like, there's a bit like it's like 500 pages in where he, he's been trying to meet with Prince Awama. It's been a whole fucking chore and he meets with him again. And uh, Prince Awama is like a Buddhist monk, but he comes on and he's just like the most handsome man, <laughs> like, uh, like striding into the scene where uh, against this like you know dirty wolf man who's who's very like someone's cartoony like a twitter furry oc avatar it's amazing how much like the furry fetish stuff there is in this i think mostly accidentally like you know um accidentally i don't know if <laughs> some of it i mean it's it's like you know he's definitely like a hot wolf man right like that's just true to the point where like he starts going oh no how can anyone love me and then literally immediately uh the first woman he sees him was like i don't know dude <laughs> she's pretty good to me um, um but specifically the bit where he's like forced to put on a pup mask in the future i'm like i yes. don't know if he knew about that one uh Hasoda invented nothing is the thing Hasoda, but yes it is like like that is also good at the start. Like they do the thing where they cut off his face so they can put the wolf face on him. So like right away you know this is going into like some really like um met, like not re- reality based directions because mm-hmm. he doesn't die from that. No, and in fact they said like uh, either he he will die or the wolf face will fuse to him. Yeah, uh, and then it just works like a wolf face. Like he has a snout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's also good. that it's page good. uh really early on when they actually do the thing and it's all in black and it's just like it's like blobs of like blood over like panels of his eyes yes this mm-hmm. volume is like extremely violent but in ways that uh are not like readily apparent like right away but then you think about it for a bit and you're like oh that's actually like brutal what's being depicted here but you're like put it it's you're, so you can imagine it basically like the bit where uh, the Buddhist like forces attack, right, and all of the spirit people have um, 
you know, they, the spirit gods have marshaled their forces and it's nothing. They're nothing. Like, they just get destroyed. Um, and they, but like, the way it depicts this is they all turn into like rock, but like a live rock. Yeah, like horrible, like, def- yeah. Ooh. Ugh. They got owned. It was bad. Uh, yeah, like, the, the violence is, uh, very intense. And, and then there's like moments of like, um, more traditional violence that i think are handled um better here than in some of the other bits like they do the classic thing that happens a lot throughout phoenix where like a man gets really mad at a woman and then just like, ends up murdering her and I'm like damn it i didn't mean to do that uh, which constantly <laughs> happens throughout phoenix in a way that i'm like tesca you got some shit to work out dude that um, guy also gets shot in the head the panel after he does that yeah he sure does <laughs> Um, but that happened it happens in like both right i think like because of how like this is the first time that it the entire uh volume is structured around these kind of reflections Mm -hmm. and not just like the reflections happen through it between volumes for Um, sure like often it was like one volume was in the future one was in the past one was in the future one was in the past but this one's like it's interconnecting all the way through uh and so, like, that happens in both times, and it, you know, sucks every time, and all wait. And uh, I just think it ended up working better, especially the stuff in the past. Um, like, I really like the stuff with all the, like, uh, the, the the different children of the, uh, uh, like, Buddhist emperor, and everyone. Like, I don't want to fight a war, but uh, you, you can't not. It's cowardly not to. <laughs> you don't have a way out of this. Um, and I, I think that all ended up working really well. There, there are, there's really cool like small bits like um there's a medicine that the the old woman makes a lot of times and in, when you cut to the future and he's buying dinner he's buying basically the ingredients that she uses for the medicine she makes yes like it's like bugs and like rats without legs there's like a lot of like back and forth like future and past and also uh, I do like every time he has to show it moving from back and forth he does a different like panel grid of him falling unconscious and then waking up that stuff is quite simply showing off because <laughs> uh, it always feels like evocative every time it cuts like and the way it like uses the panels to do that sometimes slowly sometimes like hard cut uh it never feels like it's like you know becoming formulaic as you get the tv equivalent of you know we're in the past now uh so you didn't like underwater prison with all the wolf masks i (laughs) um, (laughs) the underwater prison is pretty good uh where they fight to the death i do fight to the death but she survives because she's actually the reincarnation with the blood of the phoenix that's the other thing they introduced like 500 pages in is that the guy in charge of the light didn't actually find anything. He's just lying about it the, the whole time. Uh, yes. Uh, yes. The, the future stuff, like <laughs> the future stuff is really funny to me because I think it uh, not necessarily weakens the past stuff, but definitely like uh, frames it in a way that I think is childish. <laughs> um because the final moral when it cuts to the future stuff and the light religion is based on entirely full full species but then is overthrown and then replaced with a new religion that's based on entirely full species is like fatalistic in a way that i think the the past stuff isn't which is based in a more like you know material understanding of the struggles of history <laughs> um but then it comes like with this whole like devil page you know narration that's like this is just what happens when religion and conflict occur and there's no stopping it the religious conflict will just happen forever and this is just the the nature of humanity will always use religion to hate each other and i'm like this is my, yeah, my one weakness is i think that it like there's the the rapper with uh the guy in the future being like and now i shall invent a new religion it's called eternalism it's completely fake and we're gonna put everyone in re-education camps immediately we have become the oppressors but we've only got five pages to do it <laughs> um is a it's a bit weak considering there's 700 pages left that turn happens too fast yeah so also being the guy um Sarita, who's been in all these volumes yes is like the th- i thought when I first read this, I thought they were going to do more with him being in this last volume, but no. I don't understand, like, 
I mean, eventually I just came to like read these as just these are just repeating designs. But uh, like, it's literally just movie stars, right? But like originally, I'm like, what does this mean for like Serata cursed with this nose throughout history in that one book, and then like it's just just like this soul's fate or whatever, and it, like kind of, but it doesn't matter. He's like sure two shots different in volume four of him getting shot in this volume or like in the future of this volume or something mm -hmm. like it shows him in the, these clothes getting shot earlier. I don't remember when that was from, but yeah, it yeah. tries to do something with it, but I guess it never finished. So, uh, cause yeah, there's a lot of like echoes like this that are like clearly intentional echoes, but I don't know what I'm supposed to necessarily take from them. Um, cause I don't, I don't know like what my, what my opinion of Serata as a character throughout these books are in the way that I like understand the uh, volumes themselves um but i don't think that's like inherently a problem i just think it's like you know this is not really a series that can be wiki-fied in a way yeah, that yeah. you would like to the, the other thing about the past stuff is that it ends up not being either side winning it's mm -hmm. the phoenix that wins uh yeah kind i mean of. it's like it all <laughs> kind of like the stuff in the past like all kind of turns in the end into like national myth making for like japan right yeah yeah for like land of the rising sun yes um in a way that uh i find really interesting because i think that like there's a way you could read this to find it like kind of uncomfortable i guess uh but i think that like the way the rest of the book sets up um the entire like nature of every country doing its own religious myth making in order to like build a state uh makes it work for me it's not like saying and this is the glorious story of like the japanese empire land of the rising sun stuff it's like far more honest about like this is just what the history of nations are and this is our history and uh, uh i like that stuff a lot yeah um but also this was like the late 80s who knows if tezuka had lived oh, yeah. how <laughs> phoenix would go as japan grew more conservative through this era and yeah. like nationalism became a more forefront thing in the culture like we look at like the like there's stuff at the back matter that's like early like you want to do something at like 1930s china and like the <laughs> i'd love to see that would have <laughs> shed some light on this situation yes <laughs> <laughs> it just it just like i see it stepping up into territory i'm like I would really yep. like to see this stuff. I don't know if I would. Uh, I, I don't know if I trust that I would like that stuff when we when I got there. But I really love, love to have seen it. Yeah, like he has other countries like always in the periphery of these volumes in the, in the past, but never as like the the main part thrust of it. Like Korea's in here and like China's in here a bit, but only on the very margins. There's that one guy in the past who was like an expatriate from the Chinese army, who he fights mm -hmm. with a lot. Oh, but yeah, yep. Uh, it it yeah. I would I would also love to. That's the reason I'd be interested in seeing Earth, which is the volume he never finished. Oh, and there's like a brief summary for it. Um, but I do think as an ending, I think the the sun works really well. And I think on some level, like being unfinished is the only ending this story can have, considering what it's about. Yeah, yeah for sure. I, I mean, Earth wasn't meant to be the final chapter, right? No, in, no. The, I assume he just it was going to keep making these as long as he could. Yeah, he always had a is... theory that he wanted to go, like, kept going past future, like, as it would get closer and closer to present. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, who knows if that was ever his intention. But, um, even that started of change. Like, Sun's way further past than, like, some of the other stuff that they did. It's, like, in the 600s. And so uh, was, uh, the future. It was an undetermined year. Uh, so yeah i just see these as like a story he keeps returning to i i don't get the sense that there was like some grand conclusion being planned that would explain all of this which is like such a weird way to begin to read this um one of but, my uh, actual favorite sequences in this book is the actual last scene before the ending is um the girl who is his uh wolf spirit friend or betrothed uh reincarnated through the years is brought before the light religion to prove that she is she resurrects oh right That's, they just they just shoot her a thousand times it's really they shoot good her a thousand times and light her on fire and then yeah. she turns into a wolf spirit kills them all and leaves uh yeah it's 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 pretty brutal it's not animated gruesomely but it's still really violent <laughs> it's the bit where like she they burn her she turns to ash and then the ash starts moving yeah yeah 
and you're like, is this going to go full body horror? And then the Ash becomes a wolf, and she like transforms away and is fine. But whoa! Well, she she sets them all on fire, transforms <laughs> and runs away, which is the best yes. part. But it's like she's going to live as eternal ashes, like that. Yeah. You know, that would be real fucked up. Yes. Uh, you know, uh, it's not out of the realm of possibility for some of the other stuff in this. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. This is a story. Yeah. But uh, I'm very happy we read Phoenix. Yeah, me too. It's good. Now I can watch all those OVAs or whatever. So there's yeah. a there's a there's a movie that is, uh, um, hmm. mm-hmm. I haven't seen it all, but it is basically just like all the early ideas smashed together into 70 minutes. Okay, mm-hmm. let's go. But it's it's done in like the early, like the late 70s, so it looks out of this world. Are you are you talking about 2772? Yes. Or okay, yeah. And then there's um, OVAs for some of them, but not all of them. And then there's the one by the Vodums guy from 2004, right before Flag. That is all 12. <sighs> That's going to be so good. I have no idea what that even looks like in 2004. Yes. Takahashi's Phoenix is such a big brained idea. <laughs> have you seen the live action one? That seems wild to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm the. There's also like a a stage play they did after this one came out. Oh, okay. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. It's like getting a list in order, like live action film Hinatori. Yeah. Nine seventy eight. I'm like, I have to watch the seventy eight live action Phoenix movie. Are you kidding me? So, M, your favorite is still four, right? Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, even the Wikipedia page says uh, her is widely considered the masterpiece. That's of the not Phoenix really series. it. I mean, uh, you know, it's hard for me to not just like that one as someone who is Buddhist, and I, I just love it. It's really good. Um, yeah, yeah. Does Jackson have a favorite? Um, it'd be either her or or Dawn, or uh, not a son. Um, it's close. Probably, probably her. I just haven't read it as you know. I read Sun yesterday, and I really liked it. But uh-huh. her is fucking amazing. It really is that good. Yeah. Uh, I like that I, one. I like the two early space, uh, volume yeah, six and two. I think future yeah. might be my number two. It's a pretty close number two. Also Future's just weird. Mm-hmm. It's good. <laughs> future is weird. It's the, it's the most in the future. It's it like goes all the way to the end of the like universe. <laughs> it's so good. It's still kind of weird oh. that like a year ago, you, neither of you have read Phoenix. Yeah. It's only been a year. It's been a long year. Is the thing. <laughs> it feels so we like did every... this. We did this last February. I think like before, yep. Mm-hmm. The world changed right God. before. <laughs> I was going, you know, to the pub. <laughs> yeah, I miss it. I want to be reincarnated <laughs> in a world where I can fucking get a drink. <laughs> and and now and now the phoenix is a VTuber. You know, now the we- weird things happen. Oh right, yeah. that happened this year too. <laughs> yep. Editing the uh. Uh, you know, editing the logo to say Kusatori. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the... I'm going to put a picture in the chat, but here's the what the original one looked like and for uh, early works. Oh, wow. Is this the original Dawn? No, it's... Uh, it's, uh, it's uh, The early work stuff was pr- pr- printed under a Shonen magazine. This looks was, so different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tezuka working in his like early shut-in mode. I much prefer the early like shoujo, uh, Princess Knight stuff. It's the, so good. The funniest part of that story is that it was in a magazine called Manga Shonen, which <laughs> went bankrupt, and then like fifteen years later, it was back in a magazine called Manga Shonen. No relation. <laughs> Love it. And then Sons published in Yasei Jedi. But yeah, they really need to put the stuff back out, but they're never going to. No. Nope. Yeah, I'd, I'd buy actual books of these if I could. Yes. Maybe not all that, of them, but I'd buy a lot of them. That period specifically, like all the stuff in like Com and Com Comics is like a lot of stuff that never sees any print anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, it's all just like 70s, like uh, avant-garde science fiction by a lot of different creators. Like there's a lot of like women working on that stuff too that never comes out. So disappointing. Oh. Yeah. The Tezuka stuff's a mess also because, like, they put out that big collected thing to that company that's shady as hell. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I have one of their earlier volumes before there was a net, like, all their stuff from that was revealed. Mm-hmm. Just a mess all the way down. 
And you can't technically get these right now because they're all on digital, but... They're not even in the Shonen Jump app, right? They're just... You just buy them for 10 bucks each, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I don't think you can pay $1 and read all the Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> nope, sadly. Well, you can pay $0 to read all the Phoenix. You can pay $0 to read all the Phoenix. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but no, thank you very much, Rick. Oh, no uh, problem. It was very fun. And I'm glad everyone liked it, even if the liking changed a lot over the course of it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's so many works over such a long time, it'd be weird if we just liked or hated all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it is funny. I feel like it's really weighted to the first uh, stuff being... One, because it's our first Tezuka. I think that has a lot to do with it, but also, like, they're big and wild works. Yeah, that's true. It'd be really interesting if someone got a hold of, like, Sun is their first work, how they'd feel about the rest of it. I don't even know how that would happen. I mean, if you I mean, just I, found a, a volume, like, you know, pre-internet yeah, yeah, sure. when you weren't looking stuff up, you just grab this thing and be like, oh, I could read this, whatever. All of these volumes work standalone. Like, they're not... Uh, but together, they make a complex. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Get off this call. I'm ending this podcast. I hate you. <laughs> Can't believe you've done this. <sighs> Rick, where can people find you on the internet? <laughs> uh, you can find me at Combatler Rick V on Twitter. It's not five. No, it's V. <laughs> it doesn't fit. Uh, no, I know. Uh, M does this every time. Well, we say Vault is V, and then they go, uh, Vault is five. And now it's the other way around. <laughs> Combatler five, Vault is V. <laughs> and I don't know if I have anything coming out until I'll be here next time, which who knows when that will be. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it'll be six months from now, but we'll see. I think it'll be six. I think we we're trying to like actually schedule these properly now. I'm not just kind of like half us it to be like, hey, let us know. Yeah, but we'll see. We'll I'll see. let you pick this, but can I tease people? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah you always tease. I already know. I already know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Time. So there's a person that is like looming large around beach houses and like anime in general that hasn't been covered yet, and. In the abnormal mapping way, we're not doing the work everyone knows. We're doing the one right before it. That's actually the one that got them on their on their feet, and it's Domu by uh, Otomo. Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. It is 200 pages supernatural horror mystery. Um, that is <laughs> so much less. Oh yeah, than this. <laughs> oh, that's like orders of magnitude, Les. Oh, we did so much work this time. Uh, yeah, I'm very, very excited for that. Uh, and you can find me at headfullsoff on twitter.com. Uh, you can find the podcast that me and M do at abnormalmapping.com. Please listen to them. They're good. Uh, M's been doing and then an airplane. It's reaching an end. It's a, it's a good one. It's like We still have close. like three episodes left, but yes. It's, it's pretty close. <laughs> I'm just saying, you should get in before it ends. Four. Four episodes? Four, Five four? episodes? I don't know. Depends on how many of the like weird Ghibli things from the last decade you want to do. I mean, we're uh, doing that CG movie. Is assuming there's subs for it when we get there. Um, you know, I guess that does work out timeline. The next one's Princess Kaguya, right? Yes, yeah. we pushed that back a week. Uh, you know, is this coming out? I think we'll be recording the week after you. Everyone's listening to this. Um, I'm excited to watch that one. Yeah, I'm kind of sad. I'm yeah, I'm kind of sad to be done with like, you know, the really good Ghibli at that point because I liked Marty when I saw it in theaters. Okay, good, good. good. I just still reeling from uh, Wind Rises a bit. Wind Rises. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, you can find me on Twitter em underscore being. You can uh, support us at patreon.com slash more mapping. We get a bunch of tiers where for one dollar you get Gundam every week. Gundam's good. We're watching Gundam X and uh, Standalone Complex Second Gig. Both are really incredible anime. Um, if you ten dollars, you get VoIP Life where we goof off and talk about some bullshit. Um, if you just want us like t- riffing on video games and anime and nonsense, that's the place to go for it. Um, next time for Beach House, we are going to be doing uh, Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, the first 13 episodes. That'll be out in like a week or two. We're recording it next week as we're recording this, but I don't know how the release schedule is going to go for that. Um, and then we have, excited. I think we have something in February, but I don't remember what it is right now, so I'll tell you next episode. Um, but that's just on Netflix. You can, it's a, on in the abnormal mapping spectrum of getting a hold of things, getting a hold of Mr. Inc. incredibly easy. <laughs> in English, you can watch it while you're doing something else? Yeah. It's 
you know, it's been, it's really nice to go from, like, really dense manga that you got to pay attention to, to just some Scooby-Doo cartoons. You just kind of want, <laughs> you have a great time. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Yeah. And uh, we'll be back next time uh, with uh, some more technically not anime.
to get lucky. We're up all night 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 to get lucky. 